Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, Paul welcomes back Elliot Hulse. Elliot is an internationally renowned strength conditioning coach, strongman, author, mentor, and also a Czech holistic lifestyle coach. He is an inspiration to millions of people worldwide, and his YouTube channels have massed over 1 billion views and over 2.7 million subscribers. By sharing his message, be the strongest version of yourself and inspire others, he has become renowned for unifying the development of the body and the mind. Elliot, welcome. Thank you, Paul. And what a surprise. We have Elliot's wife here, Colleen. Colleen, welcome. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. When did you start taking courses with me? Uh, I was probably about 22 years old, so what, 2002? 2001. Wow, yeah, that's around when my book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, came out. Mm -hmm. So all these years, and this is the first time I met your wife. Yeah. And for those of you that can't see her, she's a beauty. (laughs) Elliot's got good taste. So does she. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, how exciting. And we've had a great day. We did a podcast for your show and um, had a great time lifting stones and we drummed together. A little harmonizing. Fun stuff, eh? Yeah, we had a great time. How was your first introduction to the stone Buddhas? I know you've lifted strongman stones before, but these are a little different, aren't they? Yeah. These ones, you got to... There's no shiny, soft, round surfaces like... Mm-hmm. Like the ones we buy for gym training. This is, these ones can bite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a different level of respect is needed. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, you're in someone else's territory out there. There's biters out there. Yeah. There's ants. Ants, scorpions, black widows out there, tarantulas out there, rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, you both did, well, I knew you'd do good. I thrive on danger. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Yeah. I love it. it. It's really quite zen out there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you did great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it nice to be connected into the dirt like that? Yeah. And the sunshine and being in that little sacred circle out there, it's something special. Yeah, when you step into that circle, it was definitely a, an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a throwback to primal, primal times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't like getting dirty. So having my feet in that in the <laughs> dirt, like, just made me really be grounded and focus on what exactly what I was doing. Yeah, but once you're in it and you're into mm-hmm. it, isn't it amazing how yeah. you realize the child in you really likes to be in the dirt? Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I think it's just, you know, if if we weren't in the circle, you can see I've raked it up. Uh, it's not like if you step out of the mm-hmm. circle, it's dangerous to be barefoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's many things that'll go right through your foot. Yeah. But in the circle, I try to be careful to clean it mm-hmm. out a little bit. And, but you still get some zaps in there. Mm-hmm. You get some thorns. And yeah. I've been lifting heavy stones and stepped on like arrowheads that were under the s- surface. And yeah. they went right through my mm-hmm. foot. That wakes you up when you got 200 pounds of rock in your hand and a f- <laughs> look down and a stone's gone through your foot. <laughs> it's like, wow, you can really hurt somebody with an arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I got this... Uh, interview and, and Colleen's a surprise guest today so I'm going to sort of just adjust it but some of these questions actually are really amazing because I would love a woman's perspective on some of these and I think you're the perfect one to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to. So um, you know one of the things because people know you and I are connected in various ways or that we're friends or that you've taken courses from me and things like that so sometimes when things come up on your website that triggers people, 
I get lots of emails and people, have you seen what Elliot put on Facebook? <laughs> you know, I can't believe he's doing that or whatever. But uh, there's some things that went on lately that got my email box just a popping. They're complaining about me to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And people at the Institute and, you know, because there's, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of Czech students out there that yeah. are people that follow your site. And so I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I'm not Elliot's dad, you guys. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was like, Elliot's doing his thing, man. If you don't like it, tell him. You yeah. Know? But interestingly enough, it happened so often. I said, I got to go have a look and see what the hell is winding these people up. And it had to do with issues of women. Hmm. You can probably guess where I'm going here. Oh, yeah. And so I spent a few hours uh, looking through your Facebook pages. And so I just clipped some stuff that I thought would be good to talk about. And I've known you long enough to see that you and I have something in common. When you want to do something, you do it. Yeah. And if it upsets people, that's their deal. Even better. Can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when uh, somebody was interviewing Madonna, you know, after she put that book out with her and Dennis Rodman and nude pictures and her holding a cross to her vagina and stuff like that. <laughs> And it just, you know, the Christians just went crazy mm-hmm. over that. And I saw an interview with her, and, and, and some the interviewer said, well, how has all this backlash from the Christians affected your sales? She goes, oh, the books are going off the shelf. I can't yeah. publish them fast enough. She mm-hmm. goes, they might hate me, but they love reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was cracking up. I go, just isn't that the closet truth, right? Mm-hmm. Attack in public, but then quickly take it home and read it. <laughs> oh, it's stimulating. Yes. Oh, it's like, so exciting. She's doing everything I wish I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm too chicken. Right. <laughs> so um, first is what have you been up to lately? I was really excited to hear you're going to go back into strongman competitions. What, mm-hmm. where, what's, tell me a little bit about that. What's inspired that? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier going into the tunnel, the healing experience for about four years. Yeah. There was, I say my inner beta. Yeah. There were parts of myself that needed some attention and some healing. And a lot of it had to do with my relationship to the feminine. But, yeah. my, but you know, as you understand it, begins with my inner feminine. And I think you and I had a conversation about that, you know, the heart Mm -hmm. and the yin aspect and the feeling aspect, the intuitive aspect, all these things um, required some attention. Yeah. And as it was healing, Mm -hmm. as I was coming together, I was integrating, I was able to look up and recognize how I was behaving inappropriately or had just false paradigms Mm -hmm. as it related to the outer feminine mm-hmm. women, you know, we yeah. spoke about the mother, mm-hmm. the relationship to the mother. And so it began, it begins there. I'm a yeah. great mother, but then I began to recognize how I would relate to my woman, my wife, mm-hmm. I would relate to other women and I yeah. would relate to even my daughters from this paradigm of, uh, you know, mommy, mommy boy. Mm-hmm. And it was completely uh, inappropriate and unresourceful. And as I uh, began to, to see my way through that, I became I became much more confident in my own masculinity, mm-hmm. and so that's part of what's given me the 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 balls to say the things that I say because I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. I no longer have that as a as a uh, as a weak point or a question mark, and it's uh, as I heal, I offer perspectives just to maybe not heal but wake up 
aspects of the men that I work with mm -hmm. so that they can heal themselves. Yeah. You know, looking at some of the comments on your Facebook, I, I don't normally go to Facebook. Really, yeah. you know, it takes an Elliot Hulse to get me to look at Facebook, <laughs> but I did. And um, from some of the comments, I think some people are misunderstanding you, oh, yeah. which is normal. I'm misunderstood all the time. And uh, so I clipped some of the things that I thought would be great discussion points, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, you know, you already alluded to that. I wrote, uh, I understand you're diving into exploring the feminine nature within yourself. That's created quite a stir amongst people. Can you share what it means to explore the feminine within yourself and what approaches you've taken and what your experiences have been? So you gave us a little bit of an expose but uh, what are some of the ways that you have consciously accessed yourself or how have you expressed your feminine in ways that you didn't prior to this exploration? Self-nurturing. Yeah. So what does that look like? Uh, being kind to myself and forgiving myself. It's a good idea. Rather than beating myself up and forcing myself. Which yeah, is, good. You know, that... That was the, the masculine aspect and it's all of its rawness and power. And it got me a tremendous amount of momentum in my life. Yeah. In business and strongman and relationship and with my family. Mm -hmm. I mean, just take it on. Uh, yeah. I have this one picture of me holding an atlas stone on my shoulders and, uh, and someone superimposed a globe on it. Yeah. And that's just been my mode of operation for yeah. so long mm -hmm. that when I decided to look at myself a little deeper, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to say that it was imbalanced, but uh, not totally integrated with another part of myself that I knew was there a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, but because the world fell in love with Strongman Elliot, yeah. and because I got so much success, yeah. winning trophies and yeah. all these things, that I almost forgot about my intuitive side, my soft side. Yeah. You know, as much of a, of a strong man as I am, uh, I'm actually very emotional and very soft yeah. and very intuitive and very feeling. Yeah. And that part of me uh, at the age of 36 started knocking me on my head and saying, hey, don't forget about this stuff here because it's a big part of why you're here. Yeah. And you might need to put down the strong man stuff a little bit and get in touch with your intuition and with your mm -hmm. sensations. Well, you know, fire is counterbalanced by water. Mm -hmm. Water is the feminine element. and alchemy, water <clears throat> represents the feminine. <clears throat> so, you know, the male ego is very fire-like. Yeah. And in our culture, it's very, you know, uncool to be feminine. In fact, I, I tell people, this is how screwed up our culture is. Like if I walk up to Elliot on the street and give him a hug and a kiss, everyone thinks I'm a gay guy and they think you're gay too. Mm -hmm. But if you and I get into a boxing match and beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> we can hug and kiss and everybody thinks it's great mm -hmm. as long as we've beat the shit out of each other first. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, so we've created this, uh, you know, no pain, no gain, don't be a pussy, Train yourself hard even when you're tired. Mm -hmm. If you didn't get any sleep last night, suck it up, go to the gym. And so it pushes people right into exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And when we get tired like that, then we become cantankerous to deal with in relationships, don't we, Colleen? Mm -hmm. Well, I think he's definitely come to a place of unconditional self-love. 
I think yeah. for many years he struggled with loving all of those different parts of himself. And over the last four years, I mean, so many times he's just made himself know that each of those parts are to be loved and they're worthy and that they're, the feminine side is just as important as the, the masculine side. And he's done a really good job integrating both in the last year, year and a half. That's great. Well, you know, you mentioned you've studied some of Robert Johnson's work. Have you read his book on the shadow? Uh, I don't think I have. That's worth reading. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things that Jungian scholars and people like which Robert Johnson was a Jungian master. And um, if we, if we don't, actually embrace those parts of ourselves then they stay in the unconscious yeah right so then we actually end up having a more inflated super ego are you familiar with freud's concept of the super so the judge in our head right you should have done this you're not doing this good enough you know and so you end up with a drill sergeant sitting in your head yeah that pushes you into Mm -hmm sort of this relationship with yourself that is really like being in boot camp all the time. Mm-hmm. But then there's no room for tears. Right. There's no room to feel. It's all about uh, toughening up. And, and then, you, you know, you don't realize that you're carrying, you, you have to muster up so much fire and so much force in yourself to get yourself to live under the rule of this superego, which is, Tricky because if you get success with this fire type personality, right. you can fall into this conscious or unconscious identity, right. and then you get to the point where you're too tired to inflate that thing. Right. Right. Well, that's what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you realize it takes a lot of energy, but then it, but then you know you get to a point, and oftentimes it takes an injury to to you know put a person down on ground level. Yep. Because then you have to nurture yourself yes. or you can't come back, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, you know, you'd probably know the story about me having a guy fall on my head and blowing yeah. my neck out and, you know, and I was very much that way, right? I was, you know, I'll show you that what I teach works. I'll prove yeah. it to you, you know? And so <laughs> picking up great big guys. In fact, you've probably seen the pictures of me picking up, uh, what's his name? Anthony, he's six foot eight, 250 mm-hmm. pound scottish highland games competitor you know big, you know big kind of guys you'd compete against in a strong yeah. and that's what he does that kind of stuff but uh he was in one of my classes and he kept bragging about how strong he was and i had a navy seal in there who was ripped to the you know nines and these guys were so full of themselves i said to the strongman guy i said well if you're so strong pick me up and put me over your head and he couldn't even come close i said to the navy seal pick me up and put me over your head he couldn't come close so i picked up Anthony at six foot eight, 250 pounds, put him over my head and did lunges with him. And then I picked up the Navy SEAL and I picked up every single one of the persons in my class. I said, okay, I'm five, eight. At that time I was about 185. And I just picked you up and I can walk across the room doing lunges with you over my head. But the point I'm making is you see that had a double, that's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because what happens everywhere I went, people pick me up, pick me up. Yes. And I was, you know, on radio shows and they were telling everybody about it. And the switchboard would light up. And I, Penny can tell you, I've actually blown the circuit board in a couple <laughs> radio shows talking about flattening your abs forever and functional strength. And, 
you know, it's so it, it really drew a lot of people into my system. Yep. But one of the things that I, I started finding, it was, was drawing a lot of people into my system that were too detached from the concept of nurture to be effective coaches. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and they also were a lot of Charles Polican types that wanted to argue with me about everything, even when they didn't know what the hell they were talking <laughs> about. And so I had all these kind of beefcake muscle heads that just weren't ready for the depth of what I was teaching. Yep. And so I did two things. I started attracting people that were really attracted to that highly masculine force it yeah. attitude, but they didn't have the connection to their own feminine to be able to feel what was really going on in people. Right. So they could really only train other meatheads, really. Mm -hmm. I hate, hate to use the term, but you know what I mean? Like, sure. People, it's your whole sense of identity is how big is your bench press, how big is your squat, how big is your dick, and anything else doesn't matter. Right. And so, you know, I always tell the big dick guys, look, I don't care how big your dick is, a woman's not satisfied till a child's head goes through her crotch. <laughs> so unless I hit your dick with a sledgehammer and break it in half and swell it up to the size of a kid's head you're you're living a fantasy mm -hmm. and any woman would rather have a man who can breathe through his ears and kiss her well down there than what you can do with that little tiny soldier you got there mm -hmm. but uh you know so it is a a journey but what you know when i had that injury wow i mean i got so badly injured yeah i lost 26 pounds of muscle in about 6 weeks i could not carry a briefcase people used to give me odd looks because penny and i were traveling all over the world and she would have to carry my briefcase and my computer bag and she'd have her stuff strapped to, and i'd be walking with nothing in my hands and when it came time to load taxis and in and out of hotels i couldn't touch anything because it could literally cripple me yeah. i had a very bad spinal cord compression the whole left side of my body went numb and all my muscle on my left side left leg left arm all atrophied and later I found out it was a central bulge and all of a sudden it would switch and the right side would start to atrophy and the left side would start to hypertrophy again. And things like typing, just the stress of holding my shoulder girdle in position to type would kill my neck. And so I went through, you know, and I was a martial artist, as you know, and a boxer. And like if a 10-year-old tried to pick a fight with me, my head might fall off. And so I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't protect my family. I couldn't protect Penny. I, 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 am, I got forced so deep into the feminine of mm -hmm. myself <laughs> where I had to listen to people. Yeah. I had to communicate with them. I couldn't be aggressive with them. I, it, you know, I couldn't pick a fight with even a wimpy guy because I literally might break my neck. And I went through an identity crisis just kind of like the mm -hmm. experience you're describing where you get forced into yourself. Yes. And it, you know, I still nurse it today. I mean, it's, I have to be very careful with heavy overhead lifting. And mm -hmm. funny enough, though, when I lift heavy stones, because of all the odd angles, yeah. it has a balancing effect on my body. Mm -hmm. If I do a deadlift workout, it'll hurt me for three days. It's like too much load on mm -hmm. my neck. I can manage it, but it's like chronic aching pain. Yeah. But if I go lift stones, it's like wake up the next day and I feel like somebody gave me a massage and I went to a chiropractor. Yeah. And that was one of the blessings of the stones. I learned that to do that type of work, you have to use everything in your body and your body figures out how to balance mm -hmm. itself. 
and when your feet are on the ground and so it's magic you know so maybe part of today's lesson is if you ever get hurt again you got to get out get yourself some rough nasty stones to play with as a listener of living 4d with paul check we know you're dedicated to mastery mastering your health mastering your profession mastering parenting mastering your dream And mastery was exactly what Paul and Gavin Jennings had in mind when they created the Czech Academy. It's about creating true masters in resolving deep health challenges and masters of optimal human performance. So, how do you reach this mastery? Students at the Czech Academy learn the essential components of what it means to be a human being and to have a body. They learn to see how diet, lifestyle, exercise, and mental-emotional factors interact with one another and need to be addressed. And they are trained to use a massive toolkit of assessments to provide them with deep insights into their clients. In short, you'll learn Paul Check's entire system of holistic health from A to Z. And from the first moment of the Academy, you'll practice what you learn in your own life. That's the key to real mastery and personal growth. The Academy also supports each and every student with mentorships, faculty who are themselves mastered in their fields, and a passionate community of fellow students and practitioners. That means you'll have all the support you need to implement what you learn in your life and in your practice. And you'll achieve all this for an affordable monthly fee. If you have the commitment, passion, and dedication it takes to become a true master of holistic health coaching, then we invite you to apply to the Czech Academy now. Visit us online at czechacademy.com. Now, back to Living 4D with Paul Czech. So it's fun because, you know, uh, in my own journey being older than you, I can actually watch myself in you. Yep. I can say, oh, there, there's me, and I see mm-hmm. what he's doing, and yes, that's upsetting people, and I've upset lots of people. <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> so um yeah so let's talk about that what are some of the things you've mentioned a few but uh if somebody you know i've had many men say this to me so i'll share it with you i mean men come up to me they they've heard me say what you've heard me say before you're never really truly a man until you can access your feminine Mm -hmm. equal to your masculine and they they get completely baffled by that like what do you mean so if a if someone comes to you and says, well, Elliot, what do you mean you have to access your feminine? Tell me some of the ways you might tell uh, an athlete to do that or somebody else that's listening to you but confused if you talk like that. Well, I mean, the most obvious example is us as lifters know that we have anabolic and catabolic. Yeah. You know, and I would, I would liken the catabolic to the fire, to, is, the ast- yeah. to the masculine, to the going hard. Yeah. The breakdown process. And then the anabolic, the one that everybody is hankering for so much so that we take synthetics. Yeah, drugs and right. mountains of pills and mm-hmm. yes. It's uh it's the non-doing that yeah. allows that to happen. So the the, yeah. the non-doing part of your training, which yeah. is the resting, the sleeping, yeah, uh, is the yin aspect. And so you, you would experience that in I mean we experience that in every aspect of our entire lives from sun up to sundown. Yes. Male, female. Yeah. You know, so it is just a matter of uh honoring the wholeness that we are in order to to be a, f- a fully integrated human being. 
Yeah. This is, uh, as you know, why I built the four doctor system to show, look, to the degree you have fire, you have to have water. Right. Or you'll burn the water out of your system, <laughs> which means you have adrenal exhaustion, you can't mm-hmm. poop, your dick doesn't work, and you're, you, you become anxious and nervous because your body's under, under a survival threat. So it, it's, it's very, very, very important. But isn't it, haven't you noticed in our culture, especially, and it's, when I say our culture, I'd say the Western culture, and it's, it's alive in other cultures too, because I've lectured all over the world. I've lectured in Russia and many, many places. But it's, I would say it's sort of the stigma of the athlete that, and, and even with women athletes, because I see plenty of female athletes masculinizing themselves, burning themselves yeah. out, women bodybuilders. I've rehabbed some very top-level female bodybuilders that have just, just destroyed their hormonal system. But isn't it interesting how in our culture, or in the Western, or, or in, you'd say, the culture of weightlifting and strength training, resting is not appreciated, valued, or understood at all. Right. And most athletes think they're wasting time and even feel like they're cheating on their training. And they have a very hard time taking a day off. And when they do, they're so busy with all the mental masturbation of what <laughs> they should be doing that they actually don't rest anyhow. Yeah. And it's, it's a strange thing. I mean, I got trapped in that. Yep. But as a therapist, I, I would have to work with people with really serious problems. So I had to look at them scientifically. So I had to put the athlete aside and be a therapist. And so I was fortunate because, uh, you know, my career as a therapist began when I was like 21 years old. So I was engaging injuries right away. And so I was able to see, wow, you know, if you don't get enough rest, you're not going to heal. Mm-hmm. And if you're injured and you keep mentally screwing with yourself, you might be sitting there in your couch burning yourself out with all the anxiety and to-do lists. And, and then mm-hmm. you become a royal pain in the ass to your family because you're, you're, you know, you're short, your hair triggered all the time. Yeah. But we've gotten, we've gotten, we've, I think we're only now, and I, you know, I've been lecturing about these things for 25 years. Yeah. But it's, I think only now today are athletes, you know, I, I, I watch bodybuilders talking about this now. I see powerlifters talking about this. It's like they're now just getting mm-hmm. the importance of rest and the importance of water, you know, and you couple water with rest, with stretching, with joint mobilization, yep. with massage therapy, with meditation, and your anabolic power goes up a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious, Colleen, if a man came to you and said, Colleen, my coach says I don't have enough feminine in me. I need to access my feminine. When I asked my coach, how the hell do I do that? He said, I don't know. Go ask a woman. What would you tell him? I think yoga you, is, a, yeah. is an amazing way of accessing the feminine. I, I saw Elliot do that for two, two and a half years, three years. And I saw his feminine coming out. Yeah. Um, I think learning to yield, yeah. looking for different instances in your life where you can yield mm-hmm. rather than having to push forward even when you know you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, just finding ways to make that a practice in your everyday life, in your relationships. Um. 
You have to be careful with yoga in our culture, though, because they've turned yoga into combat ass kicker. <laughs> West, Not you know. the one I do. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, I yeah. do yin yoga. Oh, good. Or like a gentle flow yoga because yeah. I use it to, to nurture my feminine side. Yeah. So I do strength training and uh, high-intensity interval training, but then yoga is my soft feminine yeah. where I force myself to be present and mm-hmm. to um, just really focus on the allowing of my body rather than the doing of my body. Yeah, that's, we need more of that. Yeah. Uh, Because I have rehabilitated quite a number of yoga instructors that hurt themselves being too aggressive and trying to, you know, just like guys like me and you like to lift heavy stuff, they like to tie themselves in knots Mm -hmm. and look what I can do. And I've seen plenty of spinal (laughs) disc injuries and, you know, and uh, spinal instabilities because they have... Mm-hmm. tied themselves in too many knots. It's the opposite of what yoga is supposed to be. Right? Well, it is, isn't yeah. it? But, you know, if you want to ruin an Eastern culture, mm-hmm. Eastern art, just bring it to United yeah. States. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. You know, next thing you got combat Tai Chi and everything else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What else? What, talk to me about the mental, emotional aspects. You know, you're married to a very powerful, very strong, masculine you know, you, you know, you go to bed every night with a tiger. So, um, what would you say to the people of the masculine men of the world who think they have to be all pecs and muscles to get women, without realizing they may be pushing the real women away? So, how how do we access that feminine mentally and emotionally, based on what you see in the typical male? What do we need more of? <sighs> I think patience. Yeah. I think men can definitely use a, a good dose of patience. Yeah. Um, thinking before they act, you know, automatically, just kind of s- putting that space between an action happening and the response. Yeah. Um, That's a big task. It doesn't sound very hard, but it oh, really it is. <laughs> it know? is. Um, just being aware of your surroundings. Mm. I know we were talking earlier about um, how women have many instincts, the smells and the yeah. sounds that, you know, I can hear my children miles away, even, yeah. even if I can't see them. And um, just having men really get, get in touch with that, what that looks like, you know, just mm-hmm. being aware of, yeah. of their surroundings, just kind of taking, um, taking stock of what's, what's around them. Mm-hmm. Um, how about in their relationships, you know, men, I, I'm very guilty of this, and Penny's taught me a lot over the years, and Angie teaches me too. Um, men are quite fiery, uh, you know, aggressive about getting what they want. Um, they don't have too much access. They're kind of like an arrow flying, and anything mm-hmm. that's in the way gets hit or gets knocked out of the way. What would you say that men could do to be more in touch with their feeling side? Like, you know, women are much more feeling in their nature. And if they're too that way, then they can be gooey and not get anything done. Mm-hmm. But and, um, what would be some tips that you would have? Like if, I, if you were coaching me and I was just too, you know, rock hard and Teflon coated for my own good, what would you share with me to be able to experience life more like you do or a woman does? I think being present. Mm-hmm. How do you do the, that? The act of constantly just 
bringing yourself back to the present moment, mm-hmm. um, making that an exercise mm-hmm. of a continuous exercise throughout the day. Which is mindfulness training. Mindfulness, yeah. Just really as, as often as you can remember to bring yourself back to the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen Elliot meditate for years mm-hmm. and I see how when he's meditating, he lives in a much more peaceful um, state just where he's he's aware and he's uh, he's he's calm he's able to intuit things he's able to to notice when things are going on that um, when he's not meditating he doesn't really mm-hmm. see yeah um, <clears throat> you know the thing too is you women have you're kind of born into a, a shall we say a high volume flow of emotion and feeling but mm-hmm. for men i mean i've worked with a number of of patients with heart disease and i found that those people for example are damn afraid to feel their feelings they don't want to feel they don't you know oftentimes i have to go do explorations into their childhood and they often don't want to do anything that takes them into their pain mm-hmm. Yet women are much more capable, I think, of dealing with pain and processing it because of the nature of, you know, being a mother, giving birth. How, how, would, you, how would you suggest a man learn to feel their feelings without getting engulfed by them? How do you do it? I'm not really great at feeling my feelings. I'm actually a very, I don't want to say, I'm, I'm pretty detached. Yeah. Um, Elliot's definitely much more feely than I am. That's um, interesting. Yeah, he's definitely much more in his feelings and his emotions, especially over the last couple of years. Um, I really feel my feelings with my children, with my husband, in, in my relationships. Yeah. Um, and just allowing allowing yourself to be in relationships with people that you can be vulnerable with. That's a secret thing right there, isn't it? It, it is. And that's very hard, isn't it? It I is. Mean, uh, Elliot, I, I'm, I'm not, you say, share as much as you want, but I'm just kind of have this urge mm-hmm. to say, Elliot, I mean, being vulnerable for a guy is pretty tricky. How do you deal with that? I mean, obviously you're, you're open to being vulnerable because mm-hmm. you say and do things that can, you know, wind the Christmas tree right up as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make space in you what do you, what do you what would you describe vulnerability as i don't think a lot of people actually really know what that means i think it's just a word we use mm-hmm. like god but they don't know what it means mm-hmm. what does it mean for you to be vulnerable well let me first say that um yeah i'm very willing so willing to be vulnerable that i would even call it an addiction to the sensation of almost like Hanuman, holding open the chest and allowing my heart to be pierced. Mm-hmm. There's something, in the same way being addicted to, to the grunting and the grinding of lifting, mm-hmm. there was something and there still is something in me that does this, bring it on, mm-hmm. bring the arrows, bring the, bring the spears and the willingness to be hurt, mm-hmm. the willingness to be subject to ridicule and pain, mm-hmm. uh, Again, if it's a challenge for some people, for me, it almost becomes, I get a thrill out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, it's like some people jump out of airplanes. Well, uh, I'll expose 
some intimate part of myself to the public for uh, just to get that off of my chest. I'm an Aries. We wear our heart on our sleeves. And just to get the spears thrown at me uh, 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 and stand there and receive it. That, to me, that's vo- to be open to being hurt is the vulnerability. Even the, the choice to, to be a strong man and to, to do dangerous things like lift stones. That's, mm-hmm. you're, we're very vulnerable oh out there mm-hmm. <laughs> walking the around team, barefoot with those 600-pound stones or, you know, those are rattlesnakes <laughs> hanging out with you. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely a type of vulnerability. And, and thank you for saying that because until you just said that, I didn't think of it as vulnerability. I think of going out there more as like a primal man going on a hunt knowing that the tigers could eat you. Well, that's vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is vulnerable, but do you see, I think, it, I, I don't think of that as vulnerability, but it is vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? And because you said that, I realized I'm, I've just got a different language in my head. Like I'm, I'm very, I've been hurt out there many times, almost lost my life out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Penny can tell you, I've left very big trails of blood from that circle <laughs> into the house and you know, almost had to cancel appointments and she's had to wrap me up. And, and I'm like, thank God I'm still alive, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I love the thrill because I consider those stone Buddhas my teachers yep. and they're mirroring you back to you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. If you're too aggressive and cocky, uh, silence mm-hmm. will speak mm-hmm. very loudly to you. Those stones don't do a damn thing, but they will do everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I never felt that as vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I felt it more like I'm a soldier diffusing a bomb like if i was mm-hmm. on a bomb squad mm-hmm. well you got to be damn vulnerable to do that courage mm-hmm. yeah you know, courage yes courage uh, allows vulnerability yeah that's really good I, I i think with the way i think of it is i have to be courageous and the way i think of it is i have to be respectful mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what i see what you just showed me is vulnerability I consider it respect for the little creatures, respect for the biters, respect mm-hmm. for the snakes, respect for all the living beings out there. That's why I take my shoes off. Mm. That's why mm-hmm. I go barehanded. Because when I've taught people how to lift stones, I notice every time they had shoes and gloves on, they acted like idiots out there. And the mm-hmm. chances of me <laughs> having to call an ambulance went through the roof. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'm going to get you naked. And if you don't listen to your teacher, it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And you're the only one that has to take responsibility because once you step across that circle, it's you and the stone Buddhas and the creatures. I warned you. <laughs> and man, I've had some near-death catastrophes with you know, young, dumb, <laughs> full-of-cum <laughs> guys out there. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to tell you about Mike Salemi's new Mastering the Kettlebell program, an amazing online training program. Mike worked with me extensively for two and a half years, and we did a lot of work to rehabilitate him, and he learned a lot about the science of exercise, self-management, four-doctor management, assessment, corrective exercise, as well as doing extensive training through the Czech Institute, all of which contributed to the development of Mastering the Kettlebell. Mike created the Mastering the Kettlebell program for everyone from those that want a strong, healthy body to support them in living their dreams 
to the exercise and rehabilitation professional. It's a program I highly recommend to all Czech trained professionals. Today we have an aging population and sadly many people suffer from osteoporosis. Mike offers many kettlebell exercises in the MTK program that effectively load the long bones to stimulate calcium uptake and make your bones strong and durable for the long run. Mike's Mastering the Kettlebell program is very unique because it comes with a pre-checklist for each exercise that shows you optimal setup and execution. He also provides step-by-step progressions so you'll always have optimal form and get excellent results while avoiding the kinds of injuries that often happen from exercising with poor form. One of the beauties of mastering the kettlebell is that you only need one kettlebell to do the whole training program and you can gain a lot of enhanced movement skills, strength, power, or endurance right at home with as little as one kettlebell. This program is great for anybody wanting to approach conditioning that is portable and highly efficient. When I go on vacation, I often take a couple of kettlebells and use many of the same exercises and techniques shared right in this program. And believe it or not, I can return from a vacation being fitter and stronger than when I left home. This program is comprehensive enough for exercise and rehabilitation professionals, yet presented with such clarity that even a beginner that wants to master the kettlebell can follow it and benefit from it immediately. If you thought that mastering the kettlebell may be too hard or technical for you, don't worry. Mike has a beautifully designed support system in place. He offers a Facebook community to support you in getting your questions answered and share ideas and concepts with other kettlebell enthusiasts. You can also email Mike directly for support and he will answer your questions. In addition, you can book private mentoring time with Mike in person or at a distance using Facebook or Skype. I can assure you from the bottom of my heart, Mastering the Kettlebell is the safest, most effective kettlebell training program in the world, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can even take your phone or tablet into the gym or onto your porch or backyard and follow along with Mike as you learn through practical training. I can give you my personal word that this is the world's best kettlebell training program, and it's a blessing that you can do it from the comfort of your own gym or home. Don't get older. Get stronger with Mastering the Kettlebell. Amazing concept, though, that that you just made me aware that I am very vulnerable out there, Mm -hmm. uh, which is very helpful because I always thought that I was being respectful. So my rule is if it hurts you to lift it, you're doing it wrong, Mm -hmm. and you're probably hurting it. Now, people say, how can you hurt a stone? Well... You can hurt the creatures on the stones. You know, it's it's more of a concept that I work mm-hmm. with, right? Mm-hmm. It's about being respectful. I'm out there to create beauty. I'm not there to force things into place and show everybody how strong I am. Yes, I love to do that. Like that, that's the male in me. It's mm-hmm. the kind of the athlete in me. But the artist in me wants to say, look, you can come out here, get a great workout, and actually create something that's worth taking a picture of and sharing with your friends that inspires them mm-hmm. to be more creative. And I love to do art. Sometimes I just don't have time to do art. Mm -hmm. But if I can go outside and do art and hang out with all the creatures 
and get a workout <laughs> and grow myself and practice mindfulness at a very deep level. Mm-hmm. But now I even feel better about it because I realize I'm practicing vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are very vulnerable out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're the one that will get fucked out there if you don't pay yes, attention. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah, the stones don't mind getting <laughs> broken. Mm-mm. In fact, Steiner says when you break a stone, it becomes conscious. Wow. Until mm. then, they live in the unconscious. But once you fracture a stone, it has a sense of self-awareness at the moment you fracture it. And in shamanism, if you work with an object like a stone and you infuse your consciousness into it, it becomes a living being and it's called an amulet. Mm. Mm. That's what a healing amulet, that's what healing stones are. Mm-hmm. See, like you'll see there's tools in that plant over there. You can't see them from here, but there's special sticks in there. There's bones in there. There's things I use for various types of healing. But when I'm using healing stones, I leave them with plants. I leave them where they can get moss on them and creatures can get on them because the crystals are amplifiers of any form of consciousness. And so they actually start a feedback loop between the living environment that they're in and the stone itself. And so what happens is if you hold that stone and you put your intention and you really treat it as a living being... I really need you to help me heal this person who's got a menstrual irregularity or who's got adrenal fatigue or who's got cancer and I am trusting you to guide me. Now, most people think that's ridiculous. Well, that's what happens when you have too many ideas in your head. You don't spend time with mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. And realize everything's alive, right? And the yogi's been telling us forever, everything's mm-hmm. alive, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the scientists say, oh, that's bullshit. It's just a bunch of atoms. Yeah, well, so are you, dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's fun, though. <laughs> um, so vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, a woman's, I think, got a natural tendency to vulnerability because she can get pregnant. Yes. Yeah. yes. And so opening those legs is not like a guy. You know, we men think there there's a little four W's for a men whip it in, whip it out, wipe it off, and worry about it. <laughs> but that's not very vulnerable. Mm-mm. It really just is okay. When do I need to move out of town? Mm-hmm. For a lot of guys, not for me, which is you know I've always taken responsibility for the seeds I plant. Mm-hmm. Um, what are other ways that women are more vulnerable than men? I think physically, obviously. Yeah, right. You're not um, as physically as strong, physically. typically. Um, hmm. Where do you feel vulnerable, Colleen, in your life? When, when do you have to, to accept you're in a vulnerable situation? I often don't feel very vulnerable. Um, well, you got to... You know, a tiger tail yeah, for a husband. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, <laughs> I don't want to say it's the reason why it works, but because I feel so safe. Yeah. Because I feel so protected. Because yeah. my I feel my children are protected. I feel my home is protected. I yeah. feel, uh, I, I definitely feel safe. Yeah. And... I mean, driving in my car, I feel vulnerable that, you know, a truck can come slam into us. But in my everyday life, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm walking through a dark parking lot, I don't feel vulnerable. I feel like I could handle myself. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you deal with, I'm just curious, how do you, because you're a beautiful woman, how do you deal with your own beauty? Do you ever feel like when you're, 
pregnant and you're great big and swollen up, do you ever feel vulnerable that you're not beautiful enough? No, I'm pretty confident in my in my self-worth, in my self-love. Elliot's really, really good at always making me feel loved and he tells me I'm beautiful all the time. He and should. I, I mean, <laughs> he, the kids, I mean, there's nothing like a kid telling their mama they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, being big and pregnant is uncomfortable. Yeah. And you don't feel like yourself for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never felt unbeautiful. You know, a lot of women um, really have a problem when they get to their 40s and their boobs start dropping or their kids <laughs> wear their boobs out. <laughs> yeah, I breastfed for 10 years. Yeah, and their butts don't stand up so mm-hmm. good anymore. And then you see them run off to plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the way a man feels vulnerable when he loses his strength, a woman feels vulnerable when she loses her beauty because that's her pulling power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a fact, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's why the cosmetic industry is a billion, mm-hmm. billion, billion dollar industry in plastic surgeries because, you know, we go to the gym and make ourselves strong so we can be, you know, the great warriors and protectors that the women want, but they make themselves very beautiful so they can get the silverback gorilla mm-hmm. to protect them. Um, how old are you now? I will be 40 in November. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So have you have you felt any aging vulnerability? Um, again, I don't. I, I I am the healthiest I've ever been yeah, at thirty at thirty nine years old. Yeah. I mean, I never exercised until after Benjamin was born when I was thirty. Never exercised. Wow. So I've only exercised <laughs> the last eight years, and I've been feeling healthier and stronger, and I've had more energy. I sleep better than I ever have in my entire life. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to say I'm I'm reversing the hands of time, but in a lot of ways, I feel like I am. Yeah. Just to have the energy that I had when I was 20. I have more energy now than I did when I was 20. Yeah. You know, For a woman with four kids, right? Yeah, four kids. Yeah, I, if I would have looked at you, I would have probably guessed you were about 35. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, because I have a husband who, even with sagging boobs and body changing and wrinkles appearing, I mean, he's so supportive he's so encouraging yeah. and he he he's makes me part feel of the reason they're sagging well mm. no it's those kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah mana won't it's, let me touch mommy's boobies yeah well if uh. you're nursing or pregnant it's it's not fun to have anybody near them yeah mm-hmm. no i mean mana my little oh boy, you're a three-year-old if i try to touch mommy's boob he hits no. me <laughs> no yeah. no daddy yeah he, those are his territory yeah. <laughs> we're concerned now when zoe comes how he's going to deal with Is he with still that. nursing? Oh, yeah. No. Um, okay. She started getting very run down and the midwife said, I think Mana's taking too much out of you mm-hmm. because he's gotten, he was, she breastfed, I think for about two and a half years. Yeah. And then uh, she was, she couldn't sleep because he wouldn't stop getting on her boob all yeah. night. Yep. And he was <laughs> pulling her nipples and biting. <laughs> yeah. And biting. And, and she just reached the point where she was so frustrated. She's like, I got to get him off. Yeah. And so it was, first we, it was a bit hard, but we found something quite magical. Angie figured this out by accident. Mana is very affectionate to his mother. He, 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 he can be hard on her boobs, but he, it's very concerned. So, when one time I don't remember exactly what happened, but she hurt him. He hurt her, and he she said "ow," and he he had hurt himself many times as a kid, as you know, and so he we called that an owie. Mm-hmm. So he knew what an owie means. So when Angie said "ow," that really hurts. 
he realized he'd hurt his mother. Until then, he didn't realize he was hurting his mm-hmm. mother. He thought it was just irritating. Yeah. And so to him, it was like a game. Oh, well, I got to just figure out how to get more. So what she did was she got some Band-Aids mm. because he'd hurt himself and had to have Band-Aids before. Mm. And she put these big round Band-Aids over her nipples and said, Mommy has an owie. She said, you can touch them, but you can't suck them and you can't pull on them. Mm -hmm. And so in his mind, he was being empathetic to Mm -hmm. mommy and it only took about two or three days Mm -hmm. and then he stopped trying to suck them. And he said, mommy has an owie. And so off he came. So it was quite phenomenal because we realized he's very um, empathetic to Mm -hmm. mommy's discomfort. Mm -hmm. So it was quite a miracle because she was getting quite grumpy. Yeah. It was like he got to make the choice. Yeah, he got got to make the choice out of concern for mommy. You know, if we would have just said, here's the boob. Mm -hmm. We don't want you to do it. He would have just said, screw you. It's too good, man. (laughs) So (laughs) They they say it has to be mutually exclusive, exclusive for both parties. Like they both have to want to wean and, and yeah. be done or else it can traumatize the mom or the child yes and when they're both at a point where they can make that choice and be okay with it then yeah that's when it should happen yeah well interesting it's fun to talk to you about this because i'm actually learning that something i never would have thought of you actually carry a lot of masculine energy yes and he carries a lot of feminine energy yes. but looking at the two of you it, you wouldn't think that <laughs> It's a pretty awesome dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of masculine and feminine. And I have a lot of masculine and I'm nurturing my feminine. My feminine was very strong when I was pregnant and nursing mm-hmm. and um, nurturing. But now that the kids are, they're not nursing anymore yeah. and they're, they're independent beings. Yeah. Um, my masculine is, is definitely coming out. Yeah. I mean, with mm-hmm. starting to strength train. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've always been a type A go-getter, mm-hmm. you know, focused yeah. attention type person. Um, but I, I see how my feminine energy kind of has dwindled a bit since the kids weaning from the breast and kind of coming back to myself, coming yeah. back to, to me. Penny's very masculine in her way of relating. She doesn't talk a lot. She's very business oriented, bottom line, get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very um, feminine in how she processes her own inner world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Angie is a very unique mix. Uh, she's very feminine in relationship, but she can be very masculine. Like she can tell the dirtiest of the dirtiest jokes. Um, she's both of them are willing to get their hands dirty. Both of my wives are MacGyver chicks. Like mm-hmm. they'll get the, they'll build the whole house for you, man. Mm-hmm. They're like, get out of the way. <laughs> we're remodeling this house and you just go smoke some pot or do some Tai Chi or stack <laughs> some rocks. And I'm like, cool. Cause be in your feminine. <laughs> I spent half my life yeah. doing all that on a farm mm-hmm. and, you know, in trade schools. And I'm like, I like, I'm done with all the toys, but I got my MacGyver girls. <laughs> But yeah. it's an interesting dynamic how we each have, uh, s- like, you know, there's women that are just, like, so feminine. They're, you know, a wind will blow them away, yeah. mm-hmm. and they cry about anything. But then, you you know, you get a Gabrielle Reese who has got that some feminine in her, but she can be as masculine as masculine gets. But mm-hmm. then you, there you go. 
Laird Hamilton and Gabby. Those are two forces of nature right there. So I think powerful men draw powerful women. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to They need that equal and opposite. Yeah, otherwise it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. And You can appreciate the the opposite in your partner. You know, where you're weak and they're strong and where you're strong and they're weak, it, it, it works out when you can complement each other's strengths and weaknesses and energies. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see you guys have a great dynamic and it's beautiful. You know, it's really mm-hmm. beautiful to have four kids and to have, you know, 24 years of marriage and still love each other like that. Mm-hmm. That's really lacking in the world today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for you, Elliot, as a teacher and a leader to to have that stability in your life and say, look, this is what it looks like. Yeah, and you it's know? possible. It is possible. I think, too, we have a real problem in our our culture today with the constant need for instant gratification. Yeah. And you can't live that way in a long-term relationship. And you can't really live that way if you're raising children because yeah. you teach them to live in a world that's unrealistic to mm-hmm. how life really is. You can't just have a new car just because you want one, <laughs> right? You can't just buy a new house just because you want one. Mm-hmm. And if you do, well, guess what? You'll die working to try to make the payments mm-hmm. and you'll end up with a disease and they'll bury you in a graveyard, not in the backyard of your house. <laughs> yeah, right. What a shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All this and I didn't get to stay at my house. Right. <laughs> I'll be buried with my house. Yeah, I'm buried, yeah. Um. There's a couple of things. Um, This is an interesting one. I found this quote on your Facebook uh, thing, and there's two things I want to ask you about. And um, I'm curious what you feel it implies or means to you. And this one is going to be fun for Colleen to (laughs) jump in on. Train yourself not to need sex or emotional aid from women. When this is done, only will she not have power over you, but most importantly, you would have gained power over yourself. MG toe motivation. Train yourself not to need sex or emotional aid from women. When this is done, not only will she not have power over you, but most importantly, you would have gained power over yourself. And there's, this is one of those uh, double, triple bottom statements, right? It, it's like a mirror. However you perceive yourself is how you're likely mm. to read that. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. And so I often write quotes like that <laughs> just because it mirrors the person back yeah. to you, you know? Like, if you want to meet God, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can get a lot of reactions from people out of that. Oh, that's bullshit. You know? mm-hmm. Or God's not in the mirror. Mm-hmm. God's up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you've been following my work for any length of time at all, you know how important organic food and organic farming is, not only for the health of the soil, and to protect all the little beings in nature from toxic chemicals and throwing nature completely out of balance, which directly affects us, but also for our own health and well-being. We all need nutrient-dense foods for body-mind well-being. And I'm so excited about the Organifi line. Organifi is a 
product line made of certified organic source materials. And I've checked this out personally. I can guarantee you that. One of my favorites that I've recently tried is their red juice, which has acai and cordyceps infused into it. It's a super, super tasty product, and it revitalizes skin cells, supports your metabolism, has antioxidants in it, age-fighting nutrients, helps mental clarity. It's got a lovely natural sweet flavor. And something that I found really interesting, if you go to Organifi.com and look up the red juice, they show you a price per serving comparison against Palm Wonderful, Red Bull, Gatorade, and a Starbucks latte. And Organifi red juice is actually significantly more cost effective considering not only the price, but the density of the nutrients in it. I think you'll be really amazed with this red juice, along with all their other products. If you go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, and as you're checking out, use the code lowercase c-h-e-k-20 altogether, you will get a 20% discount on your Organifi purchases. I'm super excited to share this company. I've tested their products, my family's tested their products, and we're all behind them. And I know you're going to be satisfied because this is the real deal. This is true nutrition. Check it out. As you check out, C-H-E-K-20 to get your discount. Thanks for joining me. Hope you to continue to enjoy the podcast. And if you love it, share it with as many people as you can. What what do you... Let's work... a chunk at a time train yourself not to de- need sex or emotional aid from women what it what do you really feel would be the benefit of that well sex is an addiction can be an addiction i was going to say it's only an addiction if you're addicted all right it can be an addiction and i see it as an addiction even with the masturbating mm-hmm. uh with a lot of my fans yeah, my, I've seen that. I saw a lot of that on your pages, a lot of mm-hmm. talk about that. And a lot of the things that I throw out there in that way mm-hmm. is more a matter of trying to support my fans where they are at. Yeah. And they're the ones that introduced me to MGTOW, uh-huh. which is what you read there, and uh, and the red pill. These were They woke me up to these ideas because they were asking me questions about them. Uh-huh. And you know, just as many questions as I would get about how to do a heavier deadlift. Yeah. I'd be getting about how to deal with this heartbreak or how to deal mm-hmm. with uh, this this woman. I'm so head over heels with her, but yeah. she won't pay attention to me. So a lot of uh, intersexual dynamic issues. And so one of the things I've come to understand about what they're dealing with is this addiction to sens- sensation, mm-hmm. this needing to feel good, this yeah. needing for ejaculation, for mm-hmm. ecstasy, is really what it is. We were yeah. talking earlier, you were talking about this, uh, people going out into the Amazon and having the ayahuasca trips, mm-hmm. and then that just becomes an addiction. You're, just, yeah. you're, not, you're not resolving anything in your life. You're not moving forward in your life. You're not making any sense of any of this. You're yeah. just addicted to the sensation of going out there and blowing your mind out. It's a thrill-seeking thing. It's a thrill-seeking thing. Not a thing. spiritual development thing. And so when, just like a drug dealer... If you got to go to that drug dealer to get your high, yeah. you're subject to that drug dealer and whatever they want to charge you, yeah. wherever they want to take you, wherever you want, they want you to meet them. Yeah. And so a lot of these men are losing themselves to the addiction to sex and they give their power away to women. Yeah. 
so they no longer have the sense of self mm -hmm. that's associated with making clear-headed decisions. Mm -hmm. it's always coming from, it often comes from a place of neediness. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to say this because, well, I want to get that vagina. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to pretend to be this so I can get the vagina. Uh, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what she does mm -hmm. as long as I continue to get that vagina. Yeah. And so uh, when I post something like that, it's, of course, it's a mirror for myself, you know, mm -hmm. reminding myself of these things, but then also to show them where, look, if you're wanting to get your power back, if you're wanting to have a sense of self, if you're wanting to have a sense of purpose in your life, you're wanting to have self-respect and for women to respect you, mm -hmm. you've got to break yourself from this almost It's a, almost like a childhood mommy. That's yeah, exactly. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I, that's what I say to them. I Except said, they just you're wanting the mommy. To the pussy, mm -hmm. you right. You're wanting mommy right now. Yes, it is very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I could elaborate on that for hours and hours. You know, this is one of those, this is perfect for what I, what is actually classically called contemplative meditation. You familiar with mm -hmm. Christian contemplative meditation? Mm -hmm. So you take something like that and you meditate on it. Mm -hmm. And you just post it. You know, you might write it down and just read it over and over like a chant. And then you go into silence. What does that really mean? Yeah. Um, there is no God but God. What does that really mean, <laughs> right? I and my Father are one. What does that really mean, right? So you can look at that intellectually and just start masturbating with it, mm -hmm. you know, head-fucking yourself. <laughs> but contemplative meditation means you drink that into your soul and you sit with it mm. and you plant it like a seed and see what grows mm -hmm. there. And that, this thing, because it has enough polarity in it, yeah, it can really stir you up inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it know? was very triggering. It yeah. stirred me up when I read it too. You know, part of my healing process also was, was being able to look at what sex is to me. And to, we've been having sex since we were 14 years old. Yeah. I don't know myself without her. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, during this process, you know, I began fasting and pulling away sexually from Colleen a little bit, just so I could see, like, wait a second, what is there of me in absence of the, you know, going, constantly going to the source mm -hmm. and needing? And so I was able to, I was able to gain a little bit more uh, objectivity mm -hmm. as it related to my own neediness mm -hmm. for sex and unconscious mm -hmm. addiction. You yeah. know, it's very insidious. I didn't, th I didn't think of it at all. Yeah. It never crossed my mind until my fans started asking me questions for themselves. And I said, and they would ask about, it started with NoFap. They were like, what do you think about not jerking off? What do you think about NoFap? That's this movement to get men to stop masturbating. Mm -hmm. And I had to just, I was very flippant about it because I was like, well, I haven't jerked off since I was, for years, because I have sex. Yeah. And then I had to stop myself and say, wait a second. What if I stopped having sex? I would kind of be in the same situation as these guys. Yeah. So it was very eye-opening for me mm -hmm. and, uh, and provided me with a perspective that allows me to, to say these things and, yeah. to, and to offer advice now. Yeah, it's interesting because when I was younger, I, I really had a hunger for sex. And that was one of the challenges in my first marriage is I was so focused on my work and growing myself as a person because as a kid, I was, you know, not great in school and I was always told you'll never amount to anything. And so I had to prove to myself that I could be somebody in the world. So I was very focused on 
mastering whatever I did from boxing to motocross racing. Because if I, if I could win, then I could reassure myself that they were wrong. Yeah. Right. And so what that did was it created laser focus in me mm. and how that played out is after my first marriage, um, I found that sex actually got to be quite a big distraction mm -hmm. because usually with sex with a woman, especially in the initial year and a half of a relationship, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they're, they're as much hungry for it as you are, mm -hmm. and sometimes more. I mean, a healthy woman can usually just mow down the average guy. <laughs> I mean, I've had girls that could take a football team down, and I had to... <laughs> get all the power tools out and get every trick and read books on it and how to do yogic breathing. And I'm like a Navy SEAL trying to see if I can just tap this girl out and it ain't easy <laughs> to do, you know? So I started feeling after a while, like it was a double-edged sword because the better I did in bed, the more they wanted me in bed. Mm. And though I enjoyed it while it was happening, I found myself coming home for sex in the afternoon or for evening and, you know, I got to get this article done. I'm mm -hmm. going to need, you know, to get back. So I'd come home, think, okay, I'll eat dinner and leave in an hour. Well, shit, I'm in bed for two hours doing gymnastic sex. And then it's like, oh, freaking hell, how am I going to get this article done? <laughs> so I, I actually started getting to the point at times where sex got in the way of me accomplishing my mission. Mm. And I think that's part of it too. I think a lot of these young guys don't have a mission. Right. So they've just, they, they fall back into pleasure, mm -hmm. pleasure, pleasure, right. video game addictions, constant distractions. And that's, I think, boils down to lack of initiation. Yeah. They don't, they haven't become a real warrior. They don't have anything legitimate to fight for. So they're right. playing with their dicks and chasing pussy and, you know, they're really just, children in, in semi-adult bodies and so they get sucked into everything yeah and i i never had that problem and i never felt that women were um taking my power away i i felt that if if a woman took my power away it was because i let her do it yep. i gave it to her yep and it's my fault yep and so part of one of the things that I, that I looked at this and I said, well, you know, this is really putting a lot on the shoulders of women. This is very Christian, biblical, making women bad, you know. So what the, what the religious priests did was because they were practicing celibacy and they couldn't handle women being around. So what they did as a shadow compensation is they made women bad. Women are sinful, women are dirty. So they pushed them out as a way to program themselves to not like women to mm -hmm. compensate for their sexual shadow. No. And so when I see this kind of writing with my knowledge, I go, this is copping out on the fact that women have a lot of power mm -hmm. and they're very, very powerful people, but you are the one giving your power yes. up. Mm -hmm. And so uh, saying, you know, don't let women take your power, it's copping out. You're saying you're blaming her mm -hmm. for your inadequacies. Right. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up. When this is done, not only will she not have power over you, but most importantly, you would have gained your uh, power over yourself. Yeah. And well, power over yourself is getting clear on what you're here to do and getting out there and doing something about it. And coming home at the end of the day to celebrate contributing and saying, Mama, let's make love and celebrate, <laughs> right? 
And you see the same thing with pot and recreational drugs. Mm. I tell people, I don't have anything against recreational drugs unless they're addictive, then it's another ball game. But if you want to smoke pot, then go do something and come home and smoke pot to celebrate that you've actually made a contribution to the world. But if you're smoking pot all day, you're, well, one, you might cut your finger off with that saw that you got in your hand. Two, you might crash your car because you're stoned. Who wants somebody to work for them that's stoned? Mm. <laughs> Unless your job is to roll doobies all day <laughs> and grow pot plants, which it pretty much that's a, getting into be a big industry now. Yep. So when I, I, I just thought this was a neat one to talk about. Yeah. Colleen... What do you? What runs through you as a woman when you hear a man say, "Train yourself to not need sex or emotional aid from women"? When I first read that, my first thought went to, I think, the very clear reality that many women use sex to as, manipulate men. Yeah, they do. Yeah, to take advantage of them, mm -hmm. to um, get them to do, say, be whatever they want yes. them to be. Yes, or um, to or to cut the sex off in order to control, to control what they them. want in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know enough single people that, and I, I see it with the younger people that we know how how it's just what what many women do. Mm -hmm. um, I I think it's detrimental for the woman to do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's it harms any relationship that you mm -hmm. could potentially be in with someone. Um, and I think unless a man can stand on his own um, without the woman needing, knowing that he needs to go to her for, for that satisfaction, I couldn't imagine thinking a man is attractive or, or, or worthy if he's completely dependent and manipulated by me. Yeah. Um, I think that a man that can stand on his own and stand firm and that's going to be the one that draws my attention. But if I know I can just manipulate him with, you know, a wag of the tail and the, the threat of holding, holding back sex, I, I just. Well, wouldn't that leave you thinking so could anybody else? And so how is he going to protect me? I, it just, it, it left me thinking that that's like a spineless man. It is a spineless and man. And so that's exactly where I went when yeah. I read it. Um, I just think that how, how at the end where it says that a man can stand on his own or a man can um, hold his own once he has that separation. Yeah. That, that is super powerful. Yeah. This is one of those um, rototillers. You know, this is like a drill bit that goes through your head. And, <laughs> you know, how far into your brain it goes is up to you. Mm -hmm. But it was just, I was just curious what your intention of putting it up there was and what, mm -hmm. what, you know, what was the, yeah, I didn't have time to read everything about it. I just thought, well, that's an interesting comment because that can go a lot of ways and it mm -hmm. can be interpreted as very disrespectful to women. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the ways it can be. I took it more as empowering to men than disrespectful mm -hmm. to women. I, yeah. I looked at it as like men take your balls into your own hands and stop yeah. letting the women control you yeah. by, by just, doing whatever they want to have happen in the relationship. Yes. You know, the, just stand I, firm. I agree with you. And, but the, the thing that, that it could easily be interpreted is that the women are the ones that are making us weak mm -hmm. or it's the women's fault. You know, we're succumbing to yeah. the power of the women. And when I look at that, I'm like, 
you're the one that has to say yes. You have to uh, let them take your pants off or whatever. I don't think most people take personal responsibility, though. No, that's part of the problem in the world, isn't it? That's why they spend money they don't Mm -hmm. have, eat garbage. I mean, look, look how many people we have that have health problems and body weight problems and body shape problems, and they run around crying and complaining and trying every diet and going to all these doctors and getting their stomach stapled. And I tell people, you have worked at that for at least five years. (laughs) You look in yourself in the mirror every day, and the question is, at what point do you say, wait a minute, whatever my strategy is, isn't working. Right. I got to try something different. But no, you keep going to McDonald's and eating your chicken McNuggets or your shitty ice cream and your processed GMO foods and shopping for cheap food, and you don't ask the deeper questions, and you got to feel shitty while you're doing that. Right. Nobody can get that way. Dark circles under your eyes, bags under your eyes, can't exercise, and then the list is long. We mm-hmm. all know that. It's like, at what point do you actually take responsibility for the fact that you're destroying probably the most complex and marvelous piece of living anything we've ever found in the universe, no matter how far our telescopes can mm-hmm. look, called a human body? Yep. I mean, taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people that take life for granted until it's about to go away and then all of a sudden it's rescue me rescue me right it's like come on wake the fuck up (laughs) no i don't mean to be mean but i do i do this is why i've often said look i really feel as much as there's a lot of things i don't like about the military such as what it's used for yep but when I was in the military, I saw a lot of whiny crybaby guys yep. off mommy's hind tit that couldn't find their ass and guys in street gangs that came in and got their asses kicked into something yep. decent and responsible. Mm-hmm. And I've said many times it should be mandatory to do two to three years in the military in every country so that we can get rid of all this whiny, cry, wimpy not participating stuff we're dealing with. Right. You know, they need an initiation. Yep. They need to feel pain. Yes. You know, they need mm-hmm. to feel pain and they need to take responsibility for their choices and their actions. And they just got to let go of mommy and daddy. Mm. And all, you know, basic trainings are a real good start. Going to 82nd Airborne Paratrooper training, it's a good notch, nastier. But then you go from there to ranger school, and it's a whole lot nastier. Mm-hmm. And if you'd want to be in the Green Berets, it's two years of nasty, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, I think because I teach all over the world, I notice that the young men and women in my classes in places like Denmark and Sweden, where they have mandatory military time, it's a whole new kind of student over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, they listen to the teacher, they respond, they do their homework, they're responsible human beings. Mm-hmm. I come here and people turn tests in with a 3,000-word text message with no paragraphs, no punctuation, and I'm like, honestly, that's your response to your test? Are you fucking kidding me? And we've got 
you know, as you know, adults coming through who actually don't know how to use grammar. They don't know how to punctuate. They don't take responsibility. They don't turn their tests in. We have to follow up and follow up and follow up. And they cry that they have to pay the late fee. And I'm like, where are you from? Yeah. What planet are you from? Right. Where did you go to school? And some of these people have degrees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did you get through university? You must went got your degree in a bubblegum machine. Um. No, I've got to be careful. I'm getting late. I got, you know, but I'm having fun. You having fun? Yeah. <laughs> There's one here I want to talk to you about. I was surprised this was on your site um, because this one triggered me. I'll be honest with you. Um, I will find this. It was this snake doctor guy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a sign he was holding up mm-hmm. and that's what got my email box to start dancing nice uh, where is it he said uh, uh, I can say it because I remember yeah fat women are gross stop eating you fat pig mm. and him holding a sign mm-hmm The name of the post was uh, Fat Women Are a Product of Weak Men. Okay, yeah. Still, when I look at that and I see that written, I say there's a man who needs a trip to obesity. Some, I'd like to take his soul and plant it in the body of a fat person that knows nothing about diet, does their best, reads all the stuff in the magazines, talks to the doctors, takes the pills, does everything everyone tells them, and can't figure out why they're getting fatter and fatter. Doesn't know what a fungal infection is, doesn't know how to rotate food, doesn't know they have leaky gut. Like, think of the average woman out there who is going to the store shopping, hasn't been educated by the Czech Institute or an Elliot Hulse, and can't figure out why no matter what diet she tries, starvation, this diet, the rabbit food diet, the paleo diet, and she's frustrated and confused, and then she sees something like that. I mean, to me, I just saw zero empathy there. And I'm like, okay, I got to talk to Elliot about what the fuck the message from this snake doctor is. What the fuck's the message on that one? Well, because it pissed a lot of people yeah. off, man. I probably got 15 emails and text messages just from that alone. Mm-hmm. And people saying, I can't believe you still talk to Elliot Hulse. You should tell him he can't be a Czech professional anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Elliot's really got the cage going this time. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and well, so was, I said, okay, I'll have a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a repost. And so his point was, that uh, fat, gross women are a product of weak men mm. because weak men don't speak up and have standards for how they would most uh, prefer women to be. And so women in this world uh, can get away with just being fat, sloppy, and, uh, and gross, mm-hmm. and men who are pussy-addicted Mm-hmm. won't stand up and say anything. How could you be pussy addicted 
and let your woman get fat and sloppy. I mean, that's just <laughs> like, I tell people the day you can't see your own genitals, you don't know what the hell's growing down there. That's, you know, especially a vagina. It's a warm, wet place. It's not a place you want to not manage yeah. well. So when I see women like that, I, the empathy in me and having been a therapist for 35 years, I mean, I've had women crying their fucking eyes out mm -hmm. because they've tried everything and they're getting worse. And of course they try the standard medical stuff because they're in a country that believes that doctors knows what they're doing. Yeah. And I can't, I can't think of a single man in my life that would let his woman get fat. He, either he's fat with her because he's got the same problem. But I mean, maybe I just don't have enough contact with the typical male out there but um i i can't even count all the women i've rehabbed from serious problems that you know oftentimes started off like as a maybe a menstrual irregularity or uh an ovarian cyst problem or a digestive problem or a sexual trauma is very common so you're, you're talking about people that got problems these are uh these are more in terms of women who have no shame. Hey, I'm fat, and you're going to just deal with it. Yeah. I've got your children. And so fat and arrogant is yeah. kind of what he was ranting against. Yeah. If I, just, I, I personally wish that would have been a bit more clarified because I mm -hmm. think it triggered a lot of people to read into it. Mm -hmm. It made me want to ask you what's going on, you mm -hmm. know, because it, at no point in my relationship with you would I ever have expected to read that on your website because I just, the first thought I had is I wonder what the fuck Elliot's wife's going to say when she sees that. <laughs> well, I didn't expect to see it on his site either. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I'm glad it was taken down. Oh, it was up yet the other day. I uh, know Instagram, uh, like community guidelines, it was considered hate speech. Oh, I was on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I guess it was still there. Yeah, and then there's still lots of talking about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I definitely didn't agree with the lack of empathy that it it put out there. I personally, it made me a bit sad, empathy, uh, Elliot, because I know you well enough to know that I don't think you have any negative energy toward women or, and that you yeah. care for people. Mm -hmm. I think it's just being very confused, right? And and just, it, I think he was trying to incite some discussion. He's well, very he's very good at putting up posts that will trigger people. Yeah. Um, open conversations about things that people aren't usually willing to talk about. Yeah. Um, or even consider, you yeah. know, because it's so it's so vulgar that. Um, people don't even want to talk about it, but now people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's probably what his intention was. To yeah. Get, to get people to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can appreciate that. I can't pass any judgment because, you know, lots of people get mad at me and, mm -hmm. you know, I've had long letters from Christians about how I'm going to burn in hell and, <laughs> you know, and, you know. Mm -hmm. everything I, i've seen it all so i think i think part of the challenge is, is that i don't know how people interact with these mediums like facebook i'm i'm not one of those guys i'm too focused to play all that mm -hmm. fucking game i don't know how people do it mm -hmm. i mean 
I put an Instagram live on in the middle of the workday, and somehow there's like 1,500 people on, <laughs> yeah, and they're right. all supposed to be at work. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I've had to fire a lot of people for shit like that. Mm-hmm. You, just, you know, you got people that you're paying, and they're not working, mm-hmm. and they're on their computers and on phones doing all this shit. So what my point is is that I'm looking at it, scanning it. And so once I saw that, I'm like, what in the fuck? No wonder people are pissed off. And I'm like, what is Elliot actually trying to do here? And so here's where I think what happened, because this is what's been told to me several times. Elliot's fallen in love with this snake doctor guru guy. (laughs) And that's how it's being perceived. They think that you've now fallen under the... A persuasive power of this guy as a guru mm. and that's why you're posting stuff like that and i'm like okay so my point is is because i'm just looking quickly mm-hmm. you actually have to get quite deep and spend a lot of time to figure out what's really going on there and i couldn't yeah. pick up that uh, i couldn't pick up what you're sharing with me right now mm-hmm. so so i said okay i gotta talk to ellie about this yeah. <laughs> that's what i've got to do um but it did leave me feeling sad because I can't even imagine how many women would read that and just be hurt mm. because they don't have the storyline either, mm-hmm. right? They're just, I mean, I know a lot of women do not like being fat and they don't know what to do about it, right? You know, one of the girls that I show a case history of, I've shown it in lots of slideshows. She, you've probably seen it in some of my slideshows yeah. A, a show where this is the average check client. massage therapist? Yes. Yeah, I remember. I'm like five foot four, 250 pounds. And I, I was in the gym. I'll share it with Colleen so she knows. I was in the gym in New Zealand training. And I saw this quite obese woman lifting weights. I'm like, that girl is lifting some big weights. And she's training hard. And I'm watching her. She's doing sets in the bent over row with 135 pounds on the bar for sets of 8 to 12. I mean, she's lifting and benching and squatting like stronger than a lot of guys. But she's obese. And I'm like, there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can train like that unless you have some kind of biochemical imbalance, hormonal imbalance, or you are seriously addicted to ice cream or (laughs) some kind of bad shit. And so what happened was, is I was watching, and I, you know, I can't go rescue everybody. I learned a long time ago that doesn't work because I then I don't get to work out. Mm-hmm. So I just pray for them and send my love to them. Well, I booked a massage, and lo and behold, guess who walks in as my massage therapist? So I let her touch me and talk to me for a while to get comfortable with me, and and then I I just said, you know, I was watching you work out in the gym. I said you really train hard. And you know how to lift weights. What's your background? She said, I used to be a competitive power lifter. I said, no wonder you're so strong. I said, you know, don't take this wrong, but you seem like you're having a hard time with your body weight. Are you, are you having some challenges? And she broke down into tears. Mm-hmm. She was just like, Paul, she says, I have now seen 10 doctors and I followed exactly what they told me and every one of them's made me worse. I'm getting mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and bigger. And I said to her, I'll make you a deal. I'll write you a program for free under one condition. I will be back here in one year. If I come back here and you haven't done it, you are going to have to pay me cash. 
At that time, the New Zealand dollar was only worth 50 cents on the American dollar. My hourly rate was 500 bucks. I said, I am going to write you a program. My minimum fee for a program is 500 US dollars. If you will look me in the eyes and shake my hands and promise me you will do this, I will write it for you for free. So I wrote her a program, a four-doctor program, and I turned her over to a Czech practitioner who worked in that town who was very skilled. And I said, you need to have her monitor you to make sure you're implementing this right. And I came back a year later. and She walked up to me, smiled at me, gave me a big hug and said, Paul, what do you think? And I said, "Um, I'm sorry, do I know you? Uh. She was a fox. (laughs) She entered her first Miss Fitness competition and placed third and was 132, 135 pounds of knockdown, drop dead, good looking girl. And I said to her, I was in shock. I go, what happened? And she cracked up laughing. She goes, what do you mean what happened? You wrote the program. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, good job. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you see, these are the kinds of experiences I've had. And I could sit here and tell you 20 hours of them with just like that. So when I read something like that, I think of what would happen if she would have read that the day that I was in the gym with her and she was struggling like hell and scared to death and getting worse under the advice of doctors. And so that's what triggered me when I read that. Mm-hmm. So, I think sometimes shame could be a good motivator, though. I think it sometimes can. people hear things that are hurtful, yeah. and it forces them to look in. It forces them to con- consider. Yeah. Just... I, again, I don't. I, I didn't anger. like the post. I didn't. I, I didn't like yeah. what it said. But mm-hmm. I, I just, think I anger think is it, a better motivator than shame. Mm-hmm. Shame makes people well, small. But that could definitely make people. people angry. I mean, that definitely made <laughs> yeah. people angry. Mm-hmm. It made me want to have a talk with the snake doctor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk to this guy and see. You know, because that would be an amazing conversation. He reminds me a lot of you. Oh yeah. Yeah, you guys are very. Even your history is a lot the same. He's yeah. kind of grew up on a farm in yeah. Canada and swears all the time. Yeah. He's a kid, but... Uh, you notice I cut back a bit. Did you? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess. <laughs> Kenny's always on me. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a kid. He, he reminds me of like a, a younger version of you. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I was pretty He's wild. really abrupt. I mean, just yeah. abrasive. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, shame and triggering and getting people angry. I mean, Osho did it all the time. Oh, my God. And... Before we were talking about vulnerability, yeah. again, I kind of get a kick out of that. Like, mm. there's something vulnerable about putting something out there like yeah. that and and pissing a lot of people off and, yeah. and getting them in their feelings because in that state, something can shift. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I learned the hard way, though, is you can lose somebody who really needs your help. That's yeah. why Penny doesn't like me to swear. She says, Paul, you can get the same message off without losing people. And a lot of the people that you feel you're not credible because you swear too much need your help. So she says, if you really want to do your work to the best of your ability on this planet, you got to figure out how to get your message to the maximum number of people. And she says, if all you want to do is coach rugby players, swear away. Right. So that's a tightrope and Osho walked that tightrope too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I know Osho better than most people do. <laughs> I've devoted five years of my life to studying him 
And I guarantee you, if Osho comes back, he'll be a lot gentler <laughs> because um, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. And he attracted the FBI and the Christians, yeah. and he lost. Yeah. <laughs> he lost. <laughs> <laughs> and he got into behaviors that did not reflect his spiritual development at all. Yeah. Right? He He went too far with it. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I, I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you about it mm-hmm. because people's impressions were that you had fallen in love with this guy and, and you were under some kind of guru spell. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, I, that doesn't sound like <laughs> Elliot, man. I said, I've spent enough time around Elliot. I've had him in my classes. I've talked to him. I've interviewed yeah. with him. I've, I've coached him. I, I'm, Elliot doesn't even guru worship me. I'm, like, I'm a pretty smart guy. You're I as mean, close to it as it gets. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I don't know what this snake doctor guy's got going on unless he's poisoned Elliot with some kind of very expensive designer drug. I don't think Elliot's in love with this guy. He might, you know, have an interest in him, but, yeah. but the point is people got the impression that, you know, that you had somehow fallen under his spell or something. See, that's the other thing too. I like throwing things out like, that to see where people are at and it's a level of their consciousness too so to even come up with that i couldn't have even come up with that like wow is that really what they thought so yeah. it's kind of enlightening for me also like wow yeah. this is where people's heads are well, that's at. why i'm sharing it mm-hmm. and i get a kick out of it like yeah i think also this version of me that yeah. i you know coming out of my last six four years experience uh because a part of what i was healing was this this part of myself that wanted people to like me. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've gotten over that, yeah, I almost again like get a kick out of them hating me. Yeah, it's kind of like fun. Like, what? I don't need you to like me. Yeah, you can make up all kinds of stuff that you want to say about me. Yeah. Want to think about me? Well, you can I've have been rumors, it, as you know. Yeah. And like, it's a, it just feels good in a way. It's weird. Yeah. It's a it's a stage. You know, I'm older than you. I've been through that. Yeah. And, you know, I've stood on stage in medical conferences and just ripped the doctors into the <laughs> asshole and, you know, and, you know, fired people up. I've been kicked out of conferences. Yeah. You know, I've been flat. They won't let me come back. Yep. Um, I've got X ratings on my lectures. You know, yep. you go to CanFit Pro and it says right in your X, double X, yeah. swearing, adult material, can be rude and abrasive. Yep. Don't bring your children, Right. But the reason they keep me coming back is because I get very good ratings and people say, if you just listen to what his real message is, Mm -hmm. it's very good education. Mm -hmm. It's the people that are too insecure to hear it that get upset. Mm -hmm. And and I say the same thing. Mm -hmm. I use swearing and antics like that to keep the ADD personalities paying attention. Because if I get too much like Penny wants me, they're all falling asleep and looking at their fucking iPhones the whole right. time. And then I don't have anything. So right. I, I'm just saying the dance is a tricky dance. Yeah. And I totally appreciate that. Um, and it's, it's a real work. It's almost a form of magic to perfect. Mm-hmm. How far do you push that one? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I, have I like the leaving them confused too. Because well, even though I'll go really far that way, mm-hmm. 
within a few hours or a few days, I'll be over here. Mm-hmm. And it kind of keeps them on their toes. It's a dance. I, it's like an art almost. I get a mm-hmm. kick out of it. I have a lot of fun with it. A big part of it is less about, it's very selfish. It's less about what it's doing to them or providing for them. And a lot of it is, I'm getting a kick out of this. This is just a lot of fun for me. See, you can do that mm-hmm. because you've got millions of followers. Mm-hmm. But if you ran a private institution um, where people pay about $15,000 to go through your classes, your tightrope would get very narrow. Yep. And, but, and I don't have much to stand on right now. You know, I've kind of been through a breakdown process mm-hmm. where I've lost quite a bit. You know, I had millions of followers mm-hmm. and then I stopped. Yeah. So in a way, it's like I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to throw it out there at this time. I know that if there was a lot more riding on it, yeah. maybe I'd have to bite my tongue a little bit and walk that tightrope. But yeah. at this stage, uh, I'm kind of like just clean slate. Okay, so because I love you, <laughs> and now I love your wife too, um, I'm going to just share something that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and my soul spent a lot of time coaching me on this and that's one of the reasons i became a vegetarian because i had to go through some deep training ask this question whenever you're about to do that what would love do now if you think of the people that you're interacting with and say how could i actually guide these people from my heart what do they really need most manipulation, shame, guilt, pain, slaps in the face, wake-up calls like a boot camp? Or is this my chance to grow my ability to reach people with my heart? Then see where you get taken. Hmm. I don't know. I like the slapping sometimes. Well, you might. (laughs) You you might. Mm -hmm. Um, I bet you it wouldn't go far at home, though. Oh, I haven't thought of it that way. This is uh, is the internet. Yeah. It's like (laughs) your hobby. (laughs) Right. I'm just fucking around with people. It's not even, not to say that there aren't people there, but a lot of what we get all jacked up and juiced up about are just bits on a screen. Yeah, they are. But um, those bits, um, remember a dollar is nothing but ink on paper. Right. Um, a marriage certificate's nothing but ink on paper, mm-hmm. but you live your life to honor it, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I'm not. It's not my job to say that you're right or wrong. You're very, very successful at what you do, mm-hmm. and you've sent many people into my education program, and I love you. And I, I, I I'm watching you grow. I've just. <laughs> done a few things that made my life miserable mm-hmm. and i've had people come to me and say you know i fucking hated you mm-hmm. for about five years yep and it was only after i talked to the 47th person that really had a different perspective of you that i realized that i should take another look and so now i'm back yeah and the question is if they'd come to me five years ago there'd be another level four practitioner out in the world but instead they walked around being a bad marketing agent for Paul Check for five years because they were right fucking pissed off at me. Yeah. And 
it wasn't ever that I was intending to piss people off. I'm just intending to be honest. Right. I've never played with people. Mm. I'm, I don't do, like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, if I say <laughs> the medical system is in bad shape and it's disrespectful to you because they're not looking at the things they should be looking at, like, are you going to bed and are you drinking water and are you eating real food and it upsets someone, I can't help that. Mm-hmm. But I've never gone on stage and, and tried to purposely provoke people into to manipulate them or make them angry because I, I I already have enough arrows in my back being a pioneer and I yeah. probably would have ended up in a coffin metaphorically <laughs> and never made it into universities or the physical therapy schools because they would have just flat out rejected me. Um, but I, I think maybe one of the reasons that I'm in your life is just to say, hey, try remembering the door that's shaped like the heart and see how you can walk through that one and still be your best self. Yeah. And I, I don't have the answers. I, I don't have the answers. Um, you're far more successful on the social media platform than I am. I have a hard time getting people just to do a supine lateral ball roll and eat real <laughs> food. <laughs> what a great conversation. Yeah, Paul. Thank, thank you, you for uh, being so honest too, and thank you, Colleen, for it was lovely to have your voice and your presence mm-hmm. in the in the interview. And, thank you for having me. And uh, I'm pretty impressed with you know you can ride quite a tiger, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can guarantee you though, Penny can tell you what it would be different if you were his business manager because she's the one that has to answer the calls from all the pissed off people. I am. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> for- for grounding camp, yes. Okay. Yeah, she answers yeah. my emails. Yeah. So when you're talking about all the hateful emails you get, yeah. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. Well, Instagram, Facebook, emails. You just proved that you can tame a tiger. Ah, uh, yes. A dragon. Yeah. And you get all the love too. I do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's 10 times more love. Yeah. 100 times more love. Yeah. Than and it you. should be. Yeah. It should be. And yeah. I love you. And I, 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 I really enjoy watching what you're doing. And it's just really i think what brought this up was mm-hmm. i was starting to get like a bit tired of hearing all the elliot hulse complaints <laughs> mm-hmm. and and because they associate you with me in the czech mm. institute people were actually genuinely worried that this could be damaging my reputation and the institute's reputation okay because of that connection. So I finally said to Penny and Angie after about the 15th one, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go look and see what's going on. (laughs) And when I saw that snake doctor thing and that sign, I'm like, okay, I can see why people are getting pissed off Mm -hmm. because it's kind of from their perspective as a therapist, it's not very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Right. But from the perspective of entertainment or getting a conversation going (laughs) or winding people up just to make them look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Well, it worked really good. <laughs> it worked very yes. good. It, it was, you know, it was a smart bomb. <laughs> Bullseye. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, thank you guys for your love. And uh, thank you for lifting stones and, and blessings on your adventure back into your strong man career. And yeah, thank I'm you. looking forward to having you up here again and lifting stones. And I hope you come with them yeah, next time too. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have all your kids out there lifting stones. Yeah, they're dying to come to California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they at home? Yeah, they're with my parents. Oh, or good. With your, well, they're, they're they with your go parents back and forth. today. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
Yeah, we've got a lot of support. Grandma and grandpa times, it's great mm. stuff, you know. They're not even answering the texts because they're so excited to be at grandma's house. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah that's a good thing. Yeah. It probably makes you feel that you can relax yes. because Absolutely. they're fully engaged, protected, yes. and loved. And mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, let's do this again. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have a great uh, rest of your trip. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this. and. If you haven't looked into Elliot's stuff, I doubt there's many of you that haven't, but go out there and when you go watch Elliot, he might wind you up and just know that's what he wants to do. (laughs) So if you're one of these people that's getting controlled by a woman's pussy, that's not her fault, it's yours. If you're Mm -hmm. addicted to video games, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. It's not the game manufacturer's fault. If you're addicted to junk food, that's your fault. And if you can't manage yourself, well, that's probably your fault too. Mm -hmm. So there's my warning. Paul Check and Elliot Hulse both get X-rated warnings. (laughs) Lots of love. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Elliot Hulse. You can find Elliot online at elliothulse.co or on his YouTube channels, Strength Camp and Elliot Hulse. Follow Elliot on Instagram at Elliot Hulse and find out more about the Strength Camp and Grounding Camp programs at strengthcamp.com and groundingcamp.com. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living4D Podcast or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living4D with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and the Czech Institute's blog at checkinstitute.com forward slash blog.